2: This is Sports Grid.
0: Get on the grid.
1: Good morning. Wake up!
0: The
3: Morning Line.
2: Line up, ladies!
3: All right, here we go on a Wednesday here, people. It is September the 18th, 2019. Thank you very much for stopping by as we get you caught up here with everything that happened overnight in the world of sports. I'm Joe Ari. Time to get on the grid here, sportsgrid.com, and last night was all about baseball as we Uh, Continue to move along uh, uh, during the 2019 season, trying to get to October, which is going to be playoff baseball, if you can believe it. Yes, October baseball playoffs will consume us the entire month of October as we work our way to a World Series champion. And everybody was in action last night. Every one of these games in Major League Baseball from this particular point on, they matter. And kudos to Rob Manfred of Major League Baseball, by the way. The fact that we are at this point here in the middle of September, and we have meaningful baseball games that are being played ultimately in a 162-game season, that's really all we want, isn't it? We just want to have, you know, when you have this much, you have that many teams, and a lot of those teams, let's face it, Baltimore, Toronto, Detroit, I mean, the list goes on, the Marlins, yeah, these aren't very competitive teams, and the good news is, there's a lot of that uh, middle-of-the-road team that is still playing for some, hell, even the Mets last night sent Stroman to the mound in Colorado, a place that they have not won before, well, they haven't been very well anyway, two out of their last, only two wins out of the last ten games at Coors Field. And they are kind of in, you know, by the seat of their pants, hanging on on the outside, looking in, hoping that they can rattle off a whole bunch of wins, maybe get a little help there from the teams ahead of them and make a run at the playoffs. But we've got the Cubs. We got the Cardinals. We got the Brewers. Those three teams for sure. The Nationals. uh, Those four teams for sure. Absolutely something to play for from here on out. And that's it. We're just two weeks away and the season will be over and you still have uh, a lot being determined in the American League as well Cleveland Indians Tampa Bay Rays uh, Oakland A's Minnesota Twins the Yankees and even the Astros continue to battle because of that uh, that home field supremacy which is pretty valuable when it comes to October baseball both of those teams the Yankees the two favorites in uh, in baseball know that hey we're going to have to we're going to have to win a best of seven series. Would I rather do it knowing that four out of the seven games uh, that we've got to win are going to be in my house or knowing the fact that we've got to go on the road and play at somebody else's, uh, else's stadium and be able to get the job done. It was, uh, it's always huge, especially more so in baseball right now. The fact that we home field advantage does mean that much. And imagine having, uh, October baseball, New York, uh, you know, in the Bronx there for Yankee Stadium. Weather becomes an issue. It's uh, it's a tough place to play, and it's different when you have a team like the Houston Astros used to warm weather indoor stadium. All of a sudden, they got to win four out of seven games outside in the elements there in October. The edge and every little edge matters there in uh, in in October baseball and playoff baseball. You want to have home. Field advantage, and those two teams have been battling all year long to say, "I've got the better record." I'm ready to rock and roll, and uh, and last night, everybody was at it. Uh, the Yankees uh, were a lot of people excited to see the Yankees last night, not because they were playing the Angels, but mostly because Louis Severino made his uh, made his debut there. We haven't seen him all year long. A couple of rehab starts is what we were expecting from him while he had them. And then he took the mound yesterday against the Angels. And, folks, Yankee fans around the world, out 67 pitches, the Yankees ended up winning 8-0. But that's uh, the Yankees just could not have felt any better about what they witnessed from Severino because he's a guy, I don't know that we know exactly where he's going to be or fit in the rotation, but if this is a guy that is healthy, and he is healthy, and he was looking really, really good last night. Well, he's a guy that can help you and give you options, which is really what you need in the month of October. Also, uh, Yankees' uh, Giancarlo Stanton, he'll be back. I don't know what to do with him. Severino, I get. Stanton, I have absolutely no uh, idea what to do with him because of the fact that uh, (laughs) once the last time this guy has played, Uh, they're activating him from the IL. Uh, either today or tomorrow, according to Aaron Boone. And they don't expect him to be limited at all when he comes back. Uh, But the Yankees have gotten absolutely zero from Stanton all year long. No contributions. I mean, listen, he's a a four-time All-Star. You're paying him 200-some-odd million dollars. He was the big acquisition back in 2018. uh, But injuries have just limited him to 38 plate appearances this year. And the Yankees still find themselves 98-53. and They're in a tie right now with those Astros for the majors' best record and home field advantage. But we know the Yankees are going to win the American League East, and it'll be the first time since 2012. And Stanton hasn't played since he suffered a PCL in his right knee. That was June 25th. Think about that. Stanton has not been in this lineup since June 25th. Before that, he had a biceps problem, shoulder problem, calf problem. Uh, he was on the uh, on the IL. It seems like every other month, it was some, even when he was trying to come back, he would end up being on the IL for something. Something else would happen. And I, what can you say? Mike Touchman, Cameron Maben, uh, Aaron Judge, Gardner uh, Hicks did some good work before. Of course, he got hurt again. The Yankees have done something extraordinary this year when it came to injuries and still managing to keep their head above water and not just head above water, but dominates on just about every statistical category. There is, and it's on their way. First American League East title since 2012, and there's still a lot of baseball to go. So the big names are coming back for the Yanks. Will it ultimately matter? Well, they'll play the games, and we'll find out. We'll get you caught up with all the other scores last night in the MLB. We'll do that coming up the morning line. SportsGrid.com.
0: to get your complimentary bottle, text YOUTH to 321321. That's Y-O-U-T-H to 321321. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com. Crit. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details.
1: I had great results. I lost 70 pounds. I weighed 265 and went down to 195. My doctor told me, if it works for you, then do it. A lot of people say to me, how did you lose the weight? I said, I take Andro 400 every day. I'm going to take it forever. That was Walt talking about Andro 400. Now listen to what Bob has to say.
3: Getting ready here for uh, week three of the NFL tomorrow night, Thursday night, football, Tennessee and Jacksonville will take center stage and a lot of drama here over the first two weeks of the NFL season and some crazy headlines from last night. We'll get to those in a minute. Want to welcome you into the morning line. I'm Joe Ranieri here on the sport on the grid sportsgrid.com and it uh, it just continues to look more and more like the NBA, doesn't it? It just it has that NBA feel where every day we're waking up hearing about players either going, you know what, I want out of here, trade me, I don't want to play, I you know I I don't want to be a part of this. It's it's a very unique situation in the NFL right now with these stories, and the stories are always centered around unhappy stars not just you know backup offensive linemen or backup linebackers, but we're talking about stars here in the NFL, guys that mean an awful lot to teams. Yeah, no, they're not happy. Uh, for whatever reason, they want out, and I think what NFL owners are realizing is that, yeah, uh, your stars will matter and do matter, and yeah, when they're not happy, it's uh, they – depending on where they are in the contract stage they're going to uh, they can be a serious problem in a 17 week NFL football season it, it's not 162 games it's not 82 games like uh like the NBA there are ramifications for not catering to your stars and NFL owners yeah i don't know that they're going to love this uh this trend but Just like the Dolphins have learned and just like the Jaguars are figuring out, hey, listen, they are assets. They are assets that can command future assets in a way of draft picks. And we all know how coveted first-round draft picks are. Draft picks in general, that's how you're going to build a program, the process, so to speak, in the NFL. And uh, we already learned uh, about what the – What the Miami Dolphins are doing, they are absolutely tanking, but they are accumulating draft picks, more draft picks, uh, putting them in a position to be able to do just that, rebuild an entire team, an entire roster, an entire franchise. You're basically hitting the reset button and giving yourself an opportunity to start from scratch. Not an easy thing to do in the NFL, but... Part of that is you have to give exactly what we see right now. You have to be willing to you have to be willing to go a year or two at least of maybe winning one or two games. And that's ultimately what the Dolphins are looking at. Possibly even going 0 16. Uh, we saw Cleveland doing. Now Cleveland's got a lot of good pieces. All of this is predicated on, though, the front offices, you being able to trust the president, the general manager, the co You have to have a lot of faith in the guys in the football offices, in the upper management. you got to have a lot of faith in these guys being able to do the right thing, draft, scouts. The organization, man, do you have to have an awful lot of faith and go, you know what? Um, I trust these guys. I trust them as talent evaluators. I trust them in doing the right thing and making sure that this team is built from the ground. up. Very few teams get the opportunity to do what the Dolphins are doing right now. And the other flip side of that, of course, is being a unbelievably garbage organization like the New York Jets, for instance, who. Listen, the Jets have been mired in less than mediocre years. Four wins, five wins. Uh, you know, the Jets have gotten top five draft picks over the last couple of years. They even uh, unloaded from the John Itzik years there of just total ridiculousness. They unloaded all the crazy contracts, all of the garbage that the previous general manager regime coaching staff provided and they had about $100 million to go ahead and spend. And and what did they do? They spent it. They spent it. It went on and got guys like Le'Veon Bell. Uh, they went out and uh, and threw a lot of money at a lot of players. And ultimately, what they are faced with right now, what fans are faced in, is now some of their star players are going, I want out of here. That's, that's exactly what they've got going on. The Dolphins, to their credit, have made no, they're not hiding from it. Everyone knows exactly what it is. We're, we're sucking. We know we've got a plan. The jets, no idea what the plan is. All they are doing teams like Jacksonville, for instance. And I love Tom Coughlin. And uh, I do think they're trying to build something there, but it is obviously very hard to build something when you've got a head coach that you have stuck with above all else who seems to figure out a way to alienate star players, which is why Jalen Ramsey now is uh, is screaming and yelling. And he's been screaming and yelling for a while, but he's ready to get out. Now, Jacksonville can either trade him or Jacksonville can say, you know what, um, tough. You know, you play for us, so you don't play for anybody. But we did hear yesterday, of course, the asking price for Jalen Ramsey. and uh, And it's interesting. We're going to start seeing more and more of this. How serious are they about trading Jalen Ramsey? Well, they're not. They're looking not for just one draft pick. Uh, they're looking for two number one draft picks in order for Jalen Ramsey to be traded there. So obviously they're shooting for the stars. They'll see exactly what the market. Tom Coughlin and company will see what the market will bring. So far, what we have heard that yeah, it's uh, the. People have offered some number ones and they have uh, they've offered some pretty good packages, but it looks like they're going to hold out for the time being and say, you know what? Let's see what else we can get. And they are asking for a bunch. And you know what? When you have a shutdown corner, when you have an asset like that, yes, you can you can ask for the world. You can ask for the world. I don't know how that's going to play out. Um, I, you know, Thursday night, tomorrow night, I have no idea how that's going to play out for Jacksonville. I don't know if they are, uh, if they're going to get the moon, which is what they are asking for, for Jalen Ramsey. I don't know. if Will they get two number one draft picks? Will they get, you know, three, four possibly? Who knows? I don't know if another team is going to be willing to sacrifice, but we do know there are a lot of people interested in getting the. Services of Jalen Ramsey Uh, and I told you of course the Jets now also dealing with that Jamal Adams There's a lot of rumblings in the Jets organization because let's face it. They're looking at an 0-2 Season right right to start with they have absolutely got a third string quarterback there They've got a coach who's done a great job of absolutely alienating everybody on the team including the star players there and the jets find themselves in a situation of not tear down and rebuild they got rid of their coach they got rid of their general manager and none of those moves seem to have paid dividends at all at least not in the early run and this is what you've got so it's uh, and then you've got the new york giants who are an organization is really one of the blue bloods of the nfl an organization that people have gone from for years and looked at and said, this is the way you do things. The Roonies, the Marers, this is NFL royalty. And then they did something yesterday that we knew was coming. We just didn't know when it was coming. They realized their mistake in Eli Manning. They tried to do the right thing by their, you know, one of their all-time greats there in Eli, Super Bowl winning quarterback. But they came to the realization that almost 15 years It's time to go. They looked at the numbers and realized, yeah, this is – we can't sell to our fans the fact that we're actually trying. When we have a kid we just spent a six-round draft pick on, Daniel Jones, sitting in the wings, who everything that we've seen so far in the preseason says, listen, you got to get him out here. There's going to be some ups and downs, bumps and bruises, but we've got to get him out there. And they finally decided to pull the trigger yesterday, make the announcement – Ahead of their uh, their game this week. And I give them credit for it. Um, I really do. I give them credit to having the nerve to. It didn't work out for them a couple of years ago. When they tried to bench him. Remember that? That, that didn't work out all that well. But timing is everything in life. And when you've got hope. Eternal hope in a six round draft pick. And Daniel Jones. You've got to utilize that hope. Because you still have 14 games to go here. In this season. And the sooner you get them out there, the sooner you rip the Band-Aid off, the better it's going to be for the organization. So we got a lot of different organizations all going in different directions here. It's a new NFL. We'll see what happens when it all breaks down. We'll take a look at some of these ridiculous lines this weekend in the NFL. We'll do that coming up here on The Morning Line.
0: at rotoexperts.com Fantasy Football Frenzy
1: The only job of a Giants this season shouldn't be about winning. You are never going to win this season. Bad team. But it should be about getting all the as much of a, you want to call it rust or you want to call it the rookie blues or whatever you want to call it out of Daniel Jones' system so that next season is not a bust, too. Now, a season after that is not a bust, too. So you can move on from that and build from Daniel Jones from here on out.
0: Watch live weekdays 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern on Sumo TV, channel 719.
3: week three of the NFL almost upon us, and uh, tomorrow night we've got divisional rivals Jacksonville versus Tennessee. The Titans versus the Jags, and turmoil uh, surrounding Jacksonville, one of their star players. Will they or won't they trade Jalen Ramsey? Will he be playing tomorrow? What's the deal? Uh, time will tell, and uh, we've got a couple of absolutely ridiculous lines for this week as we uh, begin week 3 just 3 weeks in and we know every year it's important to remind folks that the teams that you see in September often don't resemble the teams that you see in November uh the first month of the season to many as long as you don't go 0 and 4 ultimately is really how teams start figuring themselves out making the adjustments and the patriots for years have been great at this Figuring out what they have early and as long as they're two and two, let's say, after the first four games, as long as they don't dig themselves into a hole where you don't win a damn game in the first month of the season, they start to evolve and figure out what they have and make up for injuries. They, you know, Teams that are very well coached, teams that are well run, teams that have uh, quality quarterbacks, they tend to not resemble anything. That they did in uh, in September, and and we've seen slow starters. Seattle's a slow starter. Pittsburgh's a slow starter, and often it takes them a little while to get it going. And I would caution people not to make too many judgments early on in the first four weeks of the season. But it's kind of hard not to when you look at some of these lines here in Week Three for some of these games, and already we have not won but two 20-point underdogs in the NFL in week three, which is just, it's mind-blowing to think that. And we should get, I I guess we should expect the Miami Dolphins moving forward throughout the rest of the year not to exactly be looked upon as favorites in any sense of the word, but they closed as an 18-point home underdog against the Patriots last week in week two, and then they lost 43 to nothing. They uh, they head to Dallas now to take on a Cowboys team that is humming right along. And boy, oh boy, we knew it was going to be a big number, but it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. In fact, uh, it's been bet all the way up uh, to uh, 21 and a half, 22 and a lot of books right now across the board. So you got a 22-point underdog in the Miami Dolphins on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the New York Jets, of course, looked at this and said, whoa, whoa, what about us? We don't uh, you know, we're, well, we, you can't just can't just be about the Dolphins here getting completely uh, smashed. What about us? And the oddsmakers did not disappoint because it looks now that the Jets, who will be heading to Foxborough of all places to take on the uh, the New England Patriots. Uh, Yeah, they, too, opened up a little bit higher than what the Dolphins did. In fact, they are looking at a 22.5 to 23-point situation right now in Foxborough, taking on Belichick and Brady. So, Patriots, Cowboys, uh, these two teams are at least 21-point favorites heading into Week 3 of the NFL. It is really crazy. It is by far just uh, we have never seen this before, this early on in the season, but it is uh, quite obvious that the disparity between the bottom half of the NFL and the top, and the upper half of the NFL, um, it's big guys. The, the, the gap is really big. And if you think about what we have seen thus far this year and how odds have switched, unbelievably, I mean, complete reversals of, of what's going on with teams. You had the Colts' Andrew Luck retiring, right, uh, welcoming in the, the Jacoby Brissett. You had people panicking. Odds moved all over the board. Um, Nick Foles was injured after week one. And, uh, you know, you got a rookie quarterback there. All of a sudden, the odds and the future bets surrounding the Jacksonville Jags went crazy. Sam Donald now and the Jets, uh, the Giants. Although the line hasn't moved all that much, not nothing as drastic as we have seen before. Now that Daniel Jones is going to be taking uh, is going to be taking snaps under center for the most part, people going, you know what? I think they're going to be a better team. Uh, so the the line hasn't been that dramatic with the Giants just yet until he gets a couple of games under. Him. But we lost Ben Roethlisberger for the year. So we saw some heavy swing in, uh, in lines there uh, all week long, not only the future bets, but the odds to win the division, the Super Bowl, although not as dramatic as what we are seeing with the Dolphins and the Jets still. And then the Saints, of course, uh, Drew Brees, we know, out six to eight weeks, Teddy Bridgewater stepping up. We've got the welcome to the new normal in the NFL. We've got unhappy stars. We've got players going down, franchise players, players that actually move the line going down. It, and lines are going all over the place. It really is kind of a new, it's uncharted territory. We've had these pockets of these situations before in the past with NFL. And as a as a sports better, you've got to be going like, I, you know, is it an overreaction? Is it not an overreaction? You know, we spent two days when Sam Donald got mono. Uh, we spent two full days. There were arguments across the board going: Is he worth four points? Is he not worth four points? Is he worth more? Is he worth less? Are we? Uh, are we is it an overreaction? Is it an under reaction? Andrew Luck retires, and we all go, "Oh, that's it." See, know people were people were sticking a fork in the Indianapolis Colts. Lines moving all over the place, and we seem to have this. Maybe things will settle down as the season progresses, but I think this is going to be the new normal. We have a team being dismantled during the regular season in front of our eyes, and now that has triggered other teams to be making trades that we never thought were going to happen just a month ago. You know, we, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick. That now he's a now he's going to be in the secondary of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All the information and all of the studying and handicapping that people have done over the last couple of months, it is changing every damn day. The makeup of teams are changing right before our eyes, which, of course, is some of it's got a lot of people scratching their head going, like, I don't know what I'm I'm looking at a card right now where I've got the Cowboys as a 21 point favorite. I've got the Patriots as a 22 and a half, 23 point favorite. I, I History tells us that normally, straight up, yeah, uh, you know, these situations where you have, you know, higher than an 18-point favorite, a 20-point favorite, yes, the team that is favored usually wins, but they haven't covered all that well. The numbers aren't that great, but again, it's very tricky to look at these games and look at past trends and go, yeah, well, this is, this is what it's been since the 80s. Well. This ain't the 80s. Hell, this ain't the 90s. It ain't the early 2000s. This is absolutely crazy these days because not only are these teams bad, and I know a lot of people were looking at that Miami Dolphin-New England game going, listen, history tells us great value here. Great value on the Miami Dolphins uh, because teams don't often get 18, 19 points. It's still an NFL team. These guys are still professionals. 43 to nothing later. And it's it's becoming more and more difficult from a betting perspective to look at these games and look at these teams and go, all right, is the new norm going to be 17, 18 point underdogs for these teams that are terrible? Is that even enough? Where would it go? I mean, 22 and a half point uh, underdog right now for the New York Jets. Will it increase? W- would it be more if the Kansas City Chiefs were playing one of these teams? You know, you 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 start to go. Where is the line going to be drawn in the sand with this? And it makes it very confusing. So ultimately, the data that we do have is that uh, core. I guess it is the first week since 1993 where at least been since 1993 where we've had two teams favored by 17 points or more on the same card. It also happened in Week Five of the 1987 season, but that was the strike year. That was the strike Jordan year. Um, that was the last time we had two 20-plus point favorites in the same week. So what I'm saying is, forget about trends. Forget about what people are telling you. Well, the, you know, since uh, since the merger, since 1985, it doesn't. This is uncharted territory because it is not. I repeat, it is not going to get any easier. We are going to be dealing with ridiculous lines over and over and over and over and over again every week, I think, for the rest of the season, because more and more injuries are going to compile. You're going to have more and more backup quarterback situations. Uh, The teams that are like the Patriots, like the Chiefs, these guys are just going to get better and better. And by the way, it's trickling down because now that, for instance, the New England Patriots, Think about what their future bet was, their win total to start this year, right? They were 11 and a half, 11, 11 and a half. And people are like, oh, I don't know. Can I, man, 11, 11 and a half. That is so hard when you think about it. Uh, I mean, what they win 12 games later? Oh, it's, I don't know. Where's the value? Well, the New England Patriots, two weeks into the season, now have two teams in their division in all likelihood that will combine to win a total of four or five games. When we were thinking, listen, no matter what you thought about the the Dolphins preseason, you did think you were Rosen. They, You never thought the dismantling was going to happen like it's happening now, because had you done that, had you known that the Dolphins in all likelihood would win one game if they were lucky and that the Jets, their season would be over by week two or three. And the chance of them having to what they're going to beat the Patriots this weekend, they're going to beat them again in a couple of weeks. Now, all of a sudden, that 11, 11 and a half that the Patriots, their win total, it, it's in their sleep. They could have that done by week uh, by week 11. So everything is starting to trickle down in the NFL, making it very difficult, guys. This is uncharted territory for handicappers. Also eliminates some of the games that we should probably be looking at on a uh, on a weekly basis. But we'll give you some of the other lines that are added this world, too. We'll take a look at that coming up here on the Morning Line. Welcome to a new NFL.
1: That's 888-400-0435 Andro400.com You know, as an allergy sufferer, you're wired differently. I sure feel that way. That's why there's Nasacort. It's different, too. You see, unlike antihistamines, Nasacort targets and inhibits more of the allergic inflammation that causes your congestion and other nasal allergy symptoms. My antihistamine doesn't do that? None of them do. Oh, that is different. And it's why Nasacort's more effective at giving you 24-hour relief. So even if I'm wired differently... Nasacort stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed.
4: Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Pan- Fantasy baseball. Become the eighth daily roto lineup optimizer to win one million dollars in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament, or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a ten percent discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use a promo code FNTSY and get your ten percent discount today. What's your IRS problem? Do you back owe back taxes?
3: And here we go, middle of the week, Wednesday, as we kind of wind down here from, uh, from the craziness of uh, Monday night, the disappointment of Monday night, all of the headlines and stories from the NFL coming at us hard and fast, and of course, a brand new era in the NFL where we've got not one, but two teams this week who will be heading into their games, their week three games, no less, of the NFL season. Uh, at least 21-point underdogs, and it's, uh, it's not going to get any better, and it's not like we haven't seen teams that have been awful in the past. Obviously, Detroit uh, had, a, uh, had a fantastic uh, run there of being absolutely uh, horrific back in the day. Uh, also, I think it was 2009, 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. Cleveland a couple of years ago. Hugh Jackson doesn't win a game. But at least those teams were somewhat competitive, were they not? I mean, you've got a Giants team that. Um, how many points have they really scored? They got blanked, and then they scored. Yeah, I mean, those teams back then say what you want; they were bad, but they were. And even the Bills had some bad teams back in uh, you know two thousand nine, two thousand ten, around there. But these guys, at least, they were competitive. Right now, the average spread through week three here for the Miami Dolphins is around 16 points. You have to go back. The Bills, uh, their average spread last year was 10 and a half. But the Bills could have come in and kicked your butt. Okay? The Bills would have kind of came in and kicked your butt. I don't think even the Dolphins at, at the average spread of 16 points here, I don't think anybody's worried about them coming in and winning the game. The question is, can they cover, not win? You know, Buffalo last year, there were moments with the rookie quarterback where you went, if you're not careful, they'll they'll run you over and they'll win. Very well-coached team, and look at them now. Uh, Detroit Lions back in 2009, as bad as they were then, and remember how bad they were then. Uh, yeah, the 2009 Detroit Lions, their average spread through three weeks, just 10 points. They were average of a 10-point underdog in their games through the first three weeks of the season. The Dolphins are 16. The Jets are going to be right around 14 or 15 after this week. I can assure you of that because their schedule gets even worse. So the 2017 Browns, by the way, who did not win a game, if I'm not mistaken, right? They would, they went the 0 for, yeah, their average uh, season-long spread there, 2.8 averaged almost just a field goal every game there. There were even some situations there where you thought the Browns should have been the favorite in those games. And, of course, Hugh Jackson did a great job of uh, of not allowing that to happen. The first time, it's in 25 years, that we have the two biggest underdogs in the history of the NFL in one weekend on one card, and it's not going to get any better. Some of these look-ahead lines for the Miami Dolphins and the Jets over the next couple of weeks, 20 points could be the new minimum. It could really be the new minimum, and it's nuts. And really what that tells us, guys, is that this is is a new era for sports betting, for NFL betting, for football. What used to be and what we thought used to be the norm is not there anymore. You got to approach it differently. In fact, listen, if you're planning on throwing a few bucks down, with these two big underdogs like let's say you put 100 bucks on the dolphins money line and jets money line all right right now currently the dolphins are plus 1300 on the money line again when do you see this here uh the jets also are right around plus 1400 uh on the uh on the money line so they're both neck and neck the jets and the dolphins that uh, $100 money line parlay between those two teams would net you right around $20,000 195 not bad or you could actually take the safer route and put a $100 two-team money line parlay on, let's say, I don't know, the Cowboys and the Patriots. Cowboys money line, 3000 Patriots money line, 3200 Yeah, isn't that great? So if you put a $100 bet there, you'd actually net at the end of it if both the uh, Cowboys and Patriots were to, I don't know, something crazy like win. Yeah, you'd win uh, just about six bucks. So, that's kind of what uh that's the reality of what we've got in the NFL right now. The idea that parity, like there's parity in the NFL, yeah, yeah, no. Like that argument is not going to fly anymore. We don't have parity. What we have are the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets, the Cincinnati Bengals, okay, and there are the Arizona Cardinals, we uh parity is not uh, is not something that i would say reigns true in the nfl anymore there's some upper echelon top teams i think that the nfl is becoming more and more looking a lot more like the nba each and every day where you know guys let's just get kansas city and new england to the afc championships uh shall we you know we've got now injuries can happen we've seen this but all things being equal who's who's taking down the patriots in Kansas City. And normally the argument would be guys it's only week 3 like slow de- Okay, I mean you 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 guys have seen it. You guys have watched it. You're watching the markets right now react. Is it an overreaction or is it an underreaction? These 20 point lines. I I don't I don't know. I I don't know. I don't t- taking a risk. I mean in the past just a couple of weeks ago, we would have been like The value is on the Jets. The value is on the Dolphins. Well, is it really? Because we've never really seen teams be this incompetent before. They've always had a puncher's chance. And, of course, anybody, any given Sunday, blah, blah, blah. But, man, those cliches. Let's talk in week six, a couple more weeks. Now we're just hoping that some of these teams can score. Just score. Like, score anything. Score a touchdown. Score, just score. Put points on the board. None of these teams moving forward are walking into games on Sunday or Monday or Thursday. Well, let's hope they're never on prime time again. but none of these teams are walking in and going, all right guys, we've got a chance to actually pull the upset. No no, at best you have a chance of covering a three touchdown spread. That's the best we can hope for. And when the NFL becomes that, where the best we can hope for is a cover, of three touchdowns, then what you've got is Alabama playing, you know, the uh, you know junior colleges and the junior college circuit. That's kind of what we've got in the NFL. I never thought we'd see it. There are always going to be those outliers one a year, but now between the Giants and and thank goodness they're at least giving the fans some hope there by throwing Daniel Jones in. But I don't know what kind of hope you're going to have with a uh, with a defense like that. But, you know, Cincinnati, the the Dolphins, the Jets right now, their entire organizations, their season's pr- over already here by week three for the most part. And now the Jets are trying to spin it, of course, where they're, w- the news reports broke yesterday that Sam Darnold uh, broke down watching the game on Monday when Simeon got hurt and he's all bent. And now all of a sudden doctors are very confident he's going to be back in week five. So what? You're going to be 0-4. You're going to rush him back. He's going to be, he's not have, would have thrown a pass in a month. You know, none of this looks good. 6 7 0-8. That's uh, that's kind of what we've got across the NFL. So it, it makes for a very interesting conversation every week because we all love an underdog. Everybody would love the opportunity to back the Dolphins, but it's not smart money anymore. There's no value in backing some of these teams. In fact, it's downright irresponsible if you're throwing money towards the Dolphins uh, or the Jets or some of these teams anymore. It really is. Now you do have a whole bunch of backup uh, quarterbacks too that are going to be uh, going to be at control here this weekend, of course, with um, you know Teddy Bridgewater in New Orleans and uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh goes out, solidifies their defense. They're making a push there with Mason Rudolph. And these are young guys, maybe the next era, maybe the next. Now we have seen that before, by the way. We've seen backup quarterbacks take over for the established stars on teams and be very successful. So nothing would surprise me if Gardner Min- if Gardner Minshew all of a sudden wins, you know, rattles off some games, wins this Thursday against Marcus Mariota, uh, and if Teddy Bridgewater wins a couple of games over the next, uh, you know, six to, what is it going to be, six, they said, six to eight weeks there for uh, Drew Brees. Now, we've seen that before, all right, Jeff Hostetler. Like, we've seen these types of situations come up where backup quarterbacks come in They do the job and teams go on their money. Usually it's because they're very well coached and that they have some other players around them. They've got stars that they can look at and go, yes, we can do this. Uh, The NFL now, these teams here, um, and with the ability of players, the current stars on some of these bad teams, their ability to stand up and go, get me the hell out of here and make it public, and teams are actually saying, "Okay, let's get them the hell out of here." Uh, yeah, I. Um, good luck there. I, I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know how that's how that is going to affect it moving forward. And I, I don't know what is Jacksonville now. What is Jacksonville without Jalen Ramsey leading that secondary? There, are they the same team? You know, now you got to worry about not only a rookie quarterback taking over for Nick Foles, but now you're you're going to lose a shutdown corner in your secondary. Everything changed. It's amazing to me how quickly things are changing in two weeks here, heading into week three of the NFL. Uh, Tennessee right now. Looks like a two-point favorite on the road, one and a half in a lot of books. So it's bouncing back and forth between minus two and minus one and a half, that being uh, Tennessee going into Jacksonville. Now, normally, this should be a three-point Jacksonville, right? Jacksonville should be favorite at home on a Thursday night with that defense. They would be at least a three-point favorite. But now, now they're getting at a point and a half. Now they're getting a, a point and a half to two points in uh, in a lot of books. We told you, of course, I mean, look at how far the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys, they opened up at 15, 15 and a half. And there's been so much money. You know, it takes a lot for NFL lines to move a point, a full point, point and a half. Like it's it's extraordinary circumstances and an awful lot of money to be able to come in to move lines like that. It opened up at 15 and a half. It is now 22, 22 and a half. That is a seven point line movement for an NFL game. And by the way, nothing has changed for the Miami Dolphins. It wasn't like they, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick wasn't the reason that the line moved seven points. That's what we've got right now a seven point line movement. In a few days since this opened up Sunday night, here we are at Wednesday, and we've got a seven to seven and a half point line movement. You've got uh you've got the Denver, uh, the Denver Broncos taking on the Green Bay Packers. Denver losing that heartbreaker last week to Chicago at home after going for two. They opened up as six and a half point road dogs. Well, now they're getting eight. That line has moved in favor of the Green Bay Packers. Baltimore right now opens up at five and a half. Uh, they are a five-and-a-half-point dog on the road at Arrowhead in Kansas City. I'm seeing a lot of sevens, guys. It's already been pushed up there a point-and-a-half. A half. lot of money coming in, early money coming in favoring Kansas City, pushing Baltimore now to a touchdown underdog with Lamar Jackson. Oakland, plus seven-and-a-half uh, right now. They are going to Minnesota with uh, with. Really? Uh, Like, really? That quarterback you gave $100 million for, and I never thought I'd say this, but maybe the best thing the Jets did was avoid paying Kurt Cousins all that money, folks. Uh, The list goes on. I mean, we'll keep you. We'll start talking about some of these games heading into into this week, week three of the NFL. The lines are all over the place, but we'll look to help you make it rain. We'll do that coming up on The Grid, sportsgrid.com.
4: get ready. We've seen Andrew Luck walk away at age 30. Big Ben two years ago was questioning if he had anything left in the tank. Big Ben is facing a year of rehab. He'll be 38 by opening weekend next year. He's in a division that Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson are going to start running very, very soon. He's already won two Super Bowls. He's already a Hall of Famer. Why come back if you're Big Ben?
0: Weekday 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on Sumo TV, Channel 719. I overslept. Look, I need your help. Here's what you missed on the morning line. Go!
3: Every day we're waking up hearing about players either going, you know what, I want out of here. Trade me. I don't want to play. I, You know, I, I don't want to be a part of this. It's, it's a very unique situation in the NFL right now with these stories. And the stories are always centered around unhappy stars. Not just you know backup offensive linemen or backup linebackers, but we're talking about stars here in the NFL, guys that mean an awful lot to teams. Yeah, no, they're not happy uh, for whatever reason they want out, and I think what NFL owners are realizing is that, yeah, uh, your stars will matter and do matter, and yeah, when they're not happy, it's uh, they. Depending on where they are in the contract stage, they're going to uh, they can be a serious problem in a 17-week NFL football season. It's not 162 games. It's not 82 games like uh, like the NBA. There are ramifications for not catering to your stars and NFL owners. Yeah, I don't know that they're going to love this uh, this trend, but. Just like the Dolphins have learned and just like the Jaguars are figuring out, hey, listen, they are assets. They are assets that can command future assets in a way of draft picks. And we all know how coveted first round draft picks are. Draft picks in general, that's how you're going to build a program, the process, so to speak, in the NFL. And uh, we already learned uh, about what what the Miami Dolphins are doing. They are absolutely tanking, but they are accumulating draft picks more draft picks, uh, putting them in a position to be able to do just that, rebuild an entire team, an entire roster, an entire franchise, you're basically hitting the reset button and giving yourself an opportunity to start from scratch. Not an easy thing to do in the NFL, but part of that is you have to give exactly what we see right now. You have to be willing to... You have to be willing to go a year or two at least of maybe winning one or two games. And that's ultimately what the Dolphins are looking at, possibly even going 0-16. We saw Cleveland do it. Now, Cleveland's got a lot of good pieces. All of this is predicated on, though, the front offices, you being able to trust the president, the general manager, the coach. You have to have a lot of faith in the guys in the football offices. In the upper management, you got to have a lot of faith in these guys being able to do the right thing, draft, scouts. The organization, man, do you have to have an awful lot of faith and go, you know what, Um, I I trust these guys. I trust them as talent evaluators. I trust them in doing the right thing and making sure that this team is built from the ground up. Very few teams get the opportunity to do what the Dolphins are doing right now.